Well, let me pick up um, a little bit from last week because I, uh, although we're a year and a half or better than a year and a half on this whole real life um, teaching, talking about real life things, last week I started talking to you about uh, crisis and process. Crisis and process. You must know, or otherwise you're going to get shocked and disappointed often, that life is a continuous cycle of crisis and, and process. But there's another thing you can do after crisis, and that is just to kind of get stalled and stuck and start to just cope and eventually just kind of resign to that. And uh, the enemy loves that. Uh, let me read a few things from last week. The enemy loves when you go through crisis and then you get stuck. You get stalled, stuck, you cope, you resign, you surrender. It's wheels off and put it up on blocks. Then he drains off hope, faith, courage. You lose your joy and the joy of the Lord is your what? It's your strength. You forfeit your peace. You forfeit grace. And you know what? You no longer hunger for wisdom. And then truly you'll be stuck and you'll, you'll just start to rot right there. So it's very, very important that we, when crisis comes to us, and it will. How many of you had a little crisis today or a big crisis today? Come on. You know, and we have little ones all the time. On occasion, we have some big ones. Sometimes it's like a swarm. You ever had a swarm of crisis? It's like, what's the deal? You know, and it's just coming at you every, every which way. And you get, you know, they gang up on you sometimes. And sometimes you go with seasons with about nothing. But you fool yourself if you think, well, I gave my life to Jesus. I don't know why I'm having difficulties. Because where you live. And it's who you're surrounded by. And then here's another one, and it's, it's you, you know. And I'm not being mean tonight, but how many of us have had crisis before that was self-inflicted? And if you watch the video replay and you didn't know it was you, you'd be like, how dumb can you be? Look at, look at that guy, you know. And then you get a close-up, oh, that's me, you know. And it's like you're trying to uh, get into crisis. So we have crisis and then we have process. And that's what we want to do. And, and largely that is a lot of what this book is all about, is showing us ways uh, where our help comes from. And then actually some things that we can do to process once we have crisis. Now let me just insert this right here too. I also believe that a lot of crisis could be avoided. A whole lot uh, of crisis could be avoided. And that's another subject for another day. What, what we have to do here, though, and, and I drew this for you last week. Here's where you are and you've got crisis going on there. And then this is where you want to be. This is what we call the, the point of hope. So if you're here and something's very broken, and, and I'm, I'm thinking of a bigger crisis than um, uh, light bulb in your garage is burned out. Yeah, how many of you know that's a crisis, but come on, okay? Uh, I'm not thinking about something like that. I'm, th- I'm thinking, you know, something a little bigger and badder in your life. And you're here, and what the enemy would love to do is just keep you there. But what you have to do is look over here to this, what we call a point of hope, or it's your preferred future. And we want to get from here 
to hear, don't you? Um, one of my big brothers in the Lord, and he's been with us uh, numerous times. He'll be back again, Mylon Lefevre. Mylon has a song. These words are powerful. Listen to this. He said, um, let me see how it starts here so I don't mess it up. He said, I looked across the great divide to a place called Healed. Isn't that powerful? I looked across the great divide to a place called Healed. I needed to get to the other side. And I saw the truth revealed. That's part of Mylon's story. Because Mylon had been big rock and roller and all those kind of things. And there was, a, there was a place where his heart was so sick, his physical heart, that, you know, the doctor said, I don't want you moving fast. You've got to come off the road. I mean, just everything else. And he had this great divide. I looked across the great divide to a place called Healed. And so you might look across the great divide to a place called whatever it would be. And it's your point of hope. It's uh, your preferred future, and we want to be able to get there. The first thing, and I'm reviewing from last week a little bit, the first thing is you must believe that there is a way to get from here to here. You've got to believe that. Because if you don't, then just you won't go anywhere. You have to believe, and, and I'll tell you what would help you to believe is to read God's Word. The second thing that you've got to believe is that God will meet you where you are. God will come to where you are. You don't have to, you don't have to get it all cleaned up, fixed up, and then go to God. God will come to where you are. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? He came to seek and save those that have got it all together. No, and it's, it's, it's the sick that need the doctor. The well don't need the doctor, Jesus said. And, and I just love that about our God that he came to where we were. He could see it all from heaven, but he came, you know, where we were in our brokenness. Um, And that's what makes him our great high priest. So you've got to believe that there is a way here. You must also believe that God will meet you where you are. Because without him, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to get over here. You won't get over here without him. And the third thing is simply this. You must reach out and call out to God. You know, we sang a number of things tonight that you're never alone. How many of you know that you're never alone? But how many of you know you could ignore the help that is with you? You could be oblivious to the help that God is, you know, that God is with you and God is helping you. Now, and I just said this, you cannot get there without God. He, he is the way, he makes the way. And sometimes, and I've had maybe one or two of these, where you call out to God, you reach out to God, and this happens almost like in, in an instant like miraculous, but most of the time, most of the time it is what? It's process. It's process. It's work. It's growth. It's change. It's discipline. It's trust. It's endurance. It's process. Now the enemy of your soul, the devil, he's not always trying to get you to do evil and go after evil. A lot of times he's trying to divert you into a shortcut. He'll lie to you. Remember when he tempted Jesus? He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, all of the glory of this will be yours. How many of you know that all the glory of that will be Jesus? And he tried to show him a shortcut. And it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a dead end. Um, 
But he sometimes will say, yeah, you can get here. Let's say this is just happy or whatever. You know, I'm, I, I'm here, but I'd, I'd like to be happy. I'd like to have some peace and joy in my life. Oh, well, then you need this or you need them or you need to go here. Or you need to do that. And it's not God's way that will get you there. You following that? Now, one of the biggest reasons. So the first thing that we wanted to establish with crisis and process is we can get from here to here. God will meet you there. And God is the one who will help you to make a way. But you've got to call out to him. You've got to reach out, out to, to the Lord. And we read a lot of scripture on that last week. One of the biggest reasons, and this will take us to where we're headed tonight. One of the biggest reasons why a person fails in that or gets stalled in that or comes up short or gets, gets off course, gets lost, gets discouraged, gets stuck is this, that they try to go it alone. They try to get it, go it alone. Can I tell you something about the body of Christ and about being a Christian? No lone rangers. No lone rangers. You cannot be the lone ranger. We've, we've talked a lot about this in a lot of different ways. But the reason a lot of people get lost, get stuck, get stalled, then get even cynical of their own efforts to try to get to the right place is because they try to go it alone. Let me just say this. We're better together. We need one another. Let's read you a few, a few verses here. Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, it is not good. Everybody say, not good. Not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. It is not good that man should be alone. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And then in Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. So we see here that a, a real risky way to handle anything is just to try to go it alone. The second reason that a person would get would get stuck, stalled, get off track, whatever in this, in this process would be this. And I want to read this right so I don't mess it up. It's not necessarily the absence of good people in their life, but it's the presence of some not-so-good people. Does that make sense? Now, let me say this. No one's good but God. But we want to use this word because we understand this word adjective, okay? Uh, this, this as a descriptive word for us. That how many of you know there's some people that are good to have in your life? How many of you know there's some people that's not good to have in your life? Okay. Um, I want to explore this a little bit kind of on on both sides of this here. Um, There are some people that it can be unhealthy. There's bad chemistry. It's toxic for for you to be with them and them to be with you. I got quiet here tonight. Uh, Let's go to this. There are four types of people. If you've been around here a while, we've seen me talk about this before. There are adders, subtractors. Y'all catching on? Multipliers. And what? And dividers. Let me just uh, divert here just for a moment. What are you? Don't answer. What are you? And then let's get back on track here. 
think about this, and I always joke about this, but I'm, I'm really serious about it too. Thank God for caller ID. Okay, now back to our message. Now, if you called me and I didn't answer, that doesn't mean I think you're okay. Clear that up. Um, I recently did um, memorial service for a very dear friend, and, and uh, uh, he'd been my neighbor for years and been part of this church for a long time, Steve Mitchell. And one of the things I said about Steve in his memorial service, and it's so true, I always like to see him coming. And I think we should endeavor to be that kind of person. When I saw him, whenever I would see him come, it's like I was always glad to see him coming. There are other folks that not so much. Because I'm going to tell you about him. He was an adder. He was a multiplier. He never took away. He never drained. He never divided. I think that's Christ-like. I think that's what we should be like. And you have to kind of look at people in your life and what are they? What are they to you? Do they add or do they, do they take away? And listen to this. Some people, some friends, even some family do not add to you. They don't add to you. Largely because of their own issues, their own gaps and so forth. Here, here's the deal. People cannot give what they do not have. People cannot give what they do not have. So if you're looking to be encouraged from someone who doesn't have courage, if you're looking for faith from someone who doesn't have faith and they're full of negativity, if you're looking to find some help for freedom and they, and they are bound, you cannot give what you do not have. And so we have to monitor that in our life, our interactions with people. Now, Hear this, though, because I don't want this to come off harsh at all. Um, Keep everybody in their right place in your life. Okay? And and I'll try to explain this. Keep, Keep people in the right place. If you have a person in your life and they don't add, but they take away, they don't multiply, they kind of divide. Um... You're not necessarily happy to see them coming. And please don't come to me after service. Are you glad to see me coming? Because I'll say I was until you asked that, okay? Um, you got to keep them in the right place. And, and by that, I mean this. Be kind. Never be rude. If you have this in the relationship with them, to have fun, have fun. Be salt to them. Be light to them. Be sugar to them. And love them. But they cannot help you. Or they are not helping you. So if that's the case, then you have to keep them in the right place in their life. Do you know what I'm saying? You have some other people that you keep in the right place in your life. They add to your life. They multiply in your life. You're always glad to hear them. You're always glad to see their name on caller ID or whatever whatever you know, mode that we're, we're seeing them come our way. Now, a person who, and remember, let's, let's get back to this. Part of the reason sometimes we can't get from here to here is not so much the absence of, of good, healthy relationships, but some that are not so good. And so they take away from you. They divert you and so forth. So don't share, and I don't want this to sound mean, don't share your hopes with them. 
Don't, don't share your dreams with them. Don't share your point of hope with them. Because I'm going to tell you something. That's precious. That's holy. And so the thing that you're believing for, the thing that you're focused in on, that you're trying to get to, you don't cast your pearl before swine. And I'm not calling people pigs. What that is saying is they don't have the capacity to appreciate the value of the pearl. And so if somebody doesn't have the, va- the, the capacity to appreciate the value of what I'm trying to do with my whole life, with what I'm trying to do with the situation that I'm in, I don't have to share that with them. Keep them in a certain place. You know, be kind to them. Be, be loving to, to them. Don't be rude to them. Be salt. Be light. Be sugar. But also be careful. Is this making sense to anybody tonight? And on, on some occasions also, and, and, and let me just say this, on some occasions, there are some people that need to go out of your life. There are some necessary endings. I had a, and I've told you about this a little bit. I had a friend, we had been best friends for years. And because when we were together, the chemistry of, of me and my buddy, when we were together, we got in trouble. And the older we got, the worse the trouble got. Are you, are you, you're looking at me like, I, I never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so finally, there was a powwow between his parents and my parents and some teachers. And you know what? They created a great divide. Now, and I'm so glad. And years later, we made our way back together as friends, both committed Christians. He's a, a kidney specialist, doctor, surgeon, researcher. And he also is involved in uh, apologetics. You know, you know, he'll set up, he sets up debates at the university level for Christians and atheists. You know, he's that kind of brainy kind of guy. And to think he was my friend. And I could have ruined that and he could have ruined this, you know. But, you know, it didn't work right. It it was toxic. It was destructive. He wasn't that way so much with other people. I wasn't that way so much with other people. There was something when we got together, though. It's like, what can we get into? (laughs) You've had people like that. Now, you need people in your life with the light and life of God in them. Now, I am not for one minute saying that all your friends have to be totally squared away with God. Because I believe that every believer should have friends that are unbelievers. I got two amens. I think every believer, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in the world. And if we're to be salt and if we're to be light, you know, y'all here? I, I think there's, we all should know some people that need Jesus. Amen. This is not about us being here in some holy huddle still on planet earth. And we don't, we don't listen. We don't look, we don't hang out. You know, we don't smoke. We don't chew. We don't date girls who do, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, thank you very much. Stay with me. 
and get into this, this little holy huddle and we're going to grow our own beans and make our own Play-Doh and, you know, do all that. Hey, you got saved and Jesus left you here. And I like to say it this way, and that was not a transportation glitch. He said, I'll be back for you. And that wasn't like, I got to go get some buses. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that. He left you here for a purpose, to be salt, to be light, to be the body of Christ in the world. And, and there's plenty in Scripture. Now, you're not to be like the world, but the world is, is to know that you are here. Amen? Now, but you must have in your life some people with the light and life of God. I mentioned my friend Mylon Lefebvre earlier. Mylon always, always, I cannot remember a time in our 14, 15-year friendship, I could not remember a time where he, he has not encouraged me, told me he loved me, told me something from Scripture, told me how great God had been to him, even if he was going through a hard time and he's had some hard times, that, you know, God did this for me and God did that for you. And he always talks about the love of God. I always know what's on the menu when I'm going to talk with Mylon. And you know what? I need that. You need, you need people like that in your life. And I have other people in my life like that. And, and you need people in your life that are bigger than you. Well, one of my mentors says this. If you're the smartest one in your group, it's time for a new group, okay? And that doesn't mean you're mean to your old group. You just kind of go, love y'all. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this. People who rise to become their very best in sports or crafts or a skill or a profession. Think about that. People who rise to be their very best, usually they don't do that alone. They don't, they don't get there alone. They seek help. They have a teacher. They have a coach. They have a mentor. They have, they have counselor. They have somebody. And sometimes it's for a season and sometimes for, it's for the duration. And the really good, and I'm thinking about sports figures and musicians vocalist, instrumentalist, whatever it would be, you know what they do? Even they're the best, they still come back. They still come back to have somebody coach them, monitor them, help them in those things. And in our Christian life, listen to me, in our Christian life, we've got to have people like that in our life. And if you are in crisis situation, you're trying to get over here, you've got to have some people who have, who have the goods, Amen. Now, this is huge. And if you get nothing else tonight, I hope that you'll get this. Part of God helping you, and and let me ask you, do you believe God will help you? Uh, Let me just bookmark right there. How many of you have ever had a a big crisis before? Come on. How many of you, God helped you out of that? Okay. How many of you had crisis after that crisis and, and God helped you out of that? And if you're wise to this, Next crisis you run into, and I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom here, but the next one you run into, and there will be some. You should have confidence by the history of God to look back and he delivered delivered me from the paw of the bear and he delivered me from the paw of the lion. So he'll deliver me from this giant too. Okay. And so you, you gain, you gain from that, but listen, God will help you. God will help you. But this, this is what I want you to get. Part of God helping you is God putting good people in your path and in your life. I, I really, I, I really don't understand when people say, 
I can't find any quality people in my life. I can't find a good friend. I can't find... Listen, are you telling me that God can't direct traffic? Are you, are you saying that God can't find people to send into your life? That God is just like stumped or he forgot about you? Or GPS is messed up right now? And then God comes to you 10 years later. Sorry, lost track of you. I got a lot of folks, you know. You know, that's, that's not the way he'll do it. God knows right where you are. And, and we need each other. People need each other. And God is able to send people into your life. He's able to do that. Now, embrace them when they come. Acknowledge them when they come. Let me, let me read this to you here. In Proverbs 5, uh, verse 11 and 12. And this young man here in Proverbs 5, he has ruined his life, okay? He has gone with the wayward woman, which could represent anything that pulls you off the right track, okay? And now he's at the point of destruction. He says this, And I say how I have hated instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. And listen, God will put teachers and instructors in your life, your whole life through. How many of you have anybody back when you were in school or whatever, maybe it was a coach, it was a teacher, it was somebody that was instrumental in your life. Maybe it was a neighbor, maybe it was a, an uncle, maybe it was your dad, your mom, whatever. And they were so instrumental in your life and in, in helping you. They impacted you. If you had top 10 people that you could say thank you to, those, those kind of people, Okay. And so you have those people in your life. You have to acknowledge them because if you don't and they're input into your life, you're going to end up in ruin. And so he says here, I didn't obey the voice of my teachers. The root word there means an archer to point, to shoot, to throw, to pour. It actually has the word picture idea of pointing you in the way that you should go. To even throw something ahead of you to see that's where I'm wanting you to go. And an instructor, and I love this in the Hebrew, it actually means this. It's one who studied in order to teach you. And so, yes, that's a pastor, but there's other people who have poured their life into learning something that you should now gain from what somebody else knows. And folks, what I'm trying to say to you is you cannot go from here to here without God. And part of the way that God will help you to go from here to here is by people that he will put into your life. And you need people that have some light in them and some life in them. Amen. Amen. Now, in uh, where'd it go? Just lost a verse. Here we, here we go. In, uh, I'll get there in a minute. I got ahead of myself. Part of God helping you is putting good people in your path and in your life. Hear this. Part of the enemies hindering you would be what? Putting wrong people in your path or around you. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. The New International says, Evil companions corrupt good character. And then we read in Proverbs 13, 20, He who walks with, the, with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So if you hang out with losers... You're going to lose. And so we've got, we have to make some choices in this. Seriously. Most of the trouble I ever got in my life was because of the people I was with. And whether or not I was the ringleader or they were, that is none of your business. But, but, 
But how many of you know this is true? And part of how God will help you is putting right people in your life. And part of how the enemy will hinder you is putting some other people in your life. And we've got to pay close attention to that. Real quickly, I'll take a few moments on this. We all need what is called modeling. We grow by exposure. We cannot do what we have not seen. We cannot do what we have not seen. I, I think in anything, you've, you've got to see, you've got to hear. That will help you to grow. When I was in sixth grade, um, I started playing the trumpet. And I had, we had cassette tapes then. Eight tracks were still big. But I had this little book, uh, Bellwin Band Builder book. And it had little songs in it, and I'd play those, and then I'd go to my little sixth grade band, and I'll just tell you, we were bad. Not like bad, I mean like bad, okay? And our songs were pretty much playing whole notes, out of tune, and you know, and it was just really bad. I think I hated all clarinets, because they were really bad, but you know. Anyway, I got over that later. But I had this book, then I'd go home and I'd practice, and that was like, okay. And then my mom came home one day and she'd bought this book and it had a cassette tape with a band on it. And you could play the song and you had a whole band with you. I'm telling you, I closed my door and it was on. <laughs> and on the other side of the tape, you could hear the song with a real trumpet player playing, playing the melody. And that stretched me. Then I go into junior high and my band director in my junior high, honestly, one of the most influential people in my entire life, Mr. Jesse Holloman. And he was a trumpet player. And he took interest in me. And just about every day, because he had this huge collection, just about every day, he would give me an album. How many of you know what an album is? I know this is an old joke. It's like a large CD. He'd give me an album, and, it, and every day he'd give me the same speech about how I had to take care of his album. And so I would take that album, and I would go home, and I would listen to it. And here I was just learning, but I started to hear trumpet players that played with beautiful sound. I didn't know it could sound that beautiful. Then I heard trumpet players that could play really high. I didn't know it went up that high. Then I heard guys that did technical stuff that would just blow your mind. I thought, oh, I don't and then started going to concerts and hearing and seeing and watching this. And here's, here's the point. You grow by exposure. You grow by exposure. And I've grabbed hold of that principle for my life, for my children, for ministry. T.D. Jake says, expose your children to greatness. And, that, and that's why we'll go to museums. That's why we'll go to concerts. That's why we'll go see some things, hear some things, watch some things, travel somewhere. Because you know what? You grow when that happens. Or you can just hang out behind the store. Are you hearing me? And so a lot of... How God is going to help you and I get from here to a point of hope that could be a beautiful thing in your life has to do with the people you get exposed to and get this and what they model for you. You know, I wouldn't go to somebody that's on their 12th marriage. Now, maybe, maybe I would to say, 
What'd you do wrong 12 times? I mean, there's lessons to be learned from that. But are you hearing what I'm saying? And we, and we grow, we learn by imitating. Children are wired by God to imitate. And that can be dangerous. Because they're going to do what they see. They're going to say what they hear. They learn to walk like their parents. They, they learn to have the same voice inflection and tone and pitch and, and timbre and everything else that parents do. They imitate. And that is the way that we grow. That is a way that we learn. So who we hang out with, who is in our life, who is modeling marriage for you? Who is modeling the Christian life for you? Who is modeling how to do business with integrity with you? Who is modeling those things for you? You've got to have some models in your life in that regard. You've got to have some people. Amen. And let let me just kind of wrap this up a little bit. The right people will support you, love you, pray for you, encourage you, give you feedback, challenge you, tell you the truth, offer their wisdom, share their experience, display values, hold you accountable, and give you some insight. God will put people into your life. David had Nathan. Moses had Jethro. Paul had Titus who came and encouraged him. There were times where angels even came and ministered to Jesus. You know, God will, God is able. And I think a lot of people sell themselves short. I got no friends. I don't have anybody like that in my life. I'll tell you what, God, God will make a way. God is able to bring people into your life. There are several very valuable relationships in my life today that I just saw the opening. I saw God set it up and you know what I felt like? It's time to pursue this. And, and I, you know, there, there's some people that are mentors in my life today and they weren't looking for me. I was looking for them. And God set up the relationship there. And it's incredible. I can call them at three in the morning and say, I have a question. I have a need. I have a problem. Whatever it would be. You've got to have people like that in your life. One of the places to find those people is bars. (laughs) Bars are good. No. Are y'all hearing me? See, people, people tell me stuff sometimes. They just, you know, they just admit things. I just can't find a good man. Well, where are you looking? Well, I was at this place and this place. And I go, they don't go there. Or if they go there, they're in altered states. And they're not looking for quality relationships. Y'all hear me? You, you wouldn't fish out of a polluted pond, would you? And I'm not putting anybody down because. I'm not divulging my whole story or yours or yours. But I'm, I'm telling you, get in the right places, get in the right places. Church is a wonderful. And I'm not trying to make this a place where we, oh, I'm looking for a guy. No, no. Got to take care of those things. You, you get on the right track for, for things. But I'm telling you, quality people, quality people, quality people. You need quality people in your life. Now, let me just close with this. There are two brands of people. Those that are growing and going somewhere. And those that are stagnated and going nowhere. Now, we hope they get unstagnated and get going somewhere. My first question is this. Which one are you? Which one are you? Which one do you want to be? And secondly, what kind do you hang out with? 
Let me just wrap up with this. Crisis, process. Believe that God will meet you here. Believe that God will help you to get here. And know that one of the ways that God will help you is the people that he will bring into your life. Be careful then in that same process because the enemy also would like to send a lineup of people into your life. And you're going to have to sort all of that out and God will help you. Please know that you can get from your crisis to the point of hope. Amen. I'm going to quit right there. We're not done. But did you get anything at all out of this tonight?